On today's podcast, we talk about REM sleep and overall sleep as a whole. If you're struggling with sleep, if you're struggling with feeling rested when you wake up, how REM sleep can get impacted and what you can put in place to start helping to get more REM sleep, which is that restorative, restful, restful sleep, leaving you feeling refreshed in the morning. So if you struggle with sleep, definitely take a listen today. Live your life within the moment, moment. And don't go wait until the morning, morning. You never know when it is over, over. All that I know is build it over. Happy Monday and happy October. I I have decided I need to move somewhere that has a fall type season but not a winter type season. So I feel like that's not necessarily like Southern Florida. That's like maybe Alabama or Tennessee, like we've talked about. That's what I need. Maybe even Arizona because Arizona is a desert. So obviously it gets kind of cold, but it's really hot. Yes, it does. But it's dry heat, which is different. I can, you know, and so, cause I do really like fall. Like I, I like the leggings. Like I put Taylor in little leggings and a sweatshirt today. I was like, Oh, you're like mama. Yeah. I hear Alabama, according to my husband, Alabama is going to be like the up and coming place where people are moving. I like Alabama. I do. I really like, and some of my friends from college are from Alabama. It's a, it's a cool, cool state. And then I would like have a college football team to root for, you know, maybe. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Yeah. I, uh, when we were in Cabo, we met some really nice people from Texas and I was like, we would definitely be like, we would be friends if we lived in Texas. I would also why, move to Texas. Why can't I meet people like that here? Because mm, it's Illinois. That's true. Oh, my Lanta. All right, guys. So we are, first of all, um, going to run another giveaway this month. And this month, it's going to be for Rise Coffee. So a lot of people have reached out and asked about the mushroom coffee that they've seen Beck and I posting. So we're going to give away two bags. So it'll be one bag per winner, two winners, just like we did in August. So if you leave us a five-star rating and review, you can send us a screenshot of that to info at fitmomlife.com. But please be sure to answer us because we need your address uh, to send it to you when you win. So we'll run that all the way through October. You'll have any time uh, to submit that until the end of the month. And then we will pick a winner and announce that on the podcast. And the reason we ask for you to email us is because we don't know who Sally Joe Skittles is. We, we need to know who you, who you are so we can give you your goodies. We enjoy, I enjoy giveaways. I do too. I love giveaways and we, you know, we're fortunate that we can do the giveaways. So we need you guys to, you know, extend the hand out back when we extend ours with the giveaway. Um, so I wanted to talk about sleep today. Liz and I, you know, I will say sleep can be one of the most challenging, but obviously also one of the most rewarding things to help improve. And there are a lot of factors that go into why someone is not sleeping, why they are struggling with either falling asleep or staying asleep. Today, we're going to talk mainly around deep sleep. Um, and we might need to do like a couple of different podcasts on sleep because it's just such a broad topic. Um, but we're, we're going to talk mainly around deep sleep, what you can do to help improve it, what it affects if it's not doing well. Um, so in just baseline. Obviously, getting quality sleep is incredibly important. I would say that 
there are a lot of situations, and Liz would agree, that if a client comes to us and is not sleeping, I will definitely supplement to sleep while we improve the systems and the body so that they can sleep better on their own. That is one of the first things I am doing if someone is not sleeping well is like, we need to get you sleeping because everything else is going to be affected by you not sleeping. And the point today is that it is not enough to get in bed seven to nine hours a night. You need quality sleep during that time. That And that includes deep sleep. Deep sleep is a critical sleep stage. It is technically characterized by slow eye movement and, you know, downstate with the slowest brain waves during night. And it's essential for you feeling like you slept, for you waking up and feeling refreshed. So we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, first, what does, what does deep sleep or too little deep sleep do to your body? Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk about, you know, what typically is affecting it and how you can start improving it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people sometimes get into, you know, the season where, you know, I, we just talked about this um, a couple of weeks ago on a podcast, but you're grinding it out. Right. And if you have little ones in the house and you don't have a lot of time with your husband, sometimes you're sacrificing sleep because that's your only time to see your husband. And we totally get that um, because we have little ones and it's the phase of life. But at the end of the day, sacrificing sleep is going to take a toll on your body, right? You'll end up sick. Um, You know, there's been studies to show that people who sleep less than five hours per night are more likely to get a cold compared to those who are sleeping adequately. Same thing in terms of weight gain, blood sugar dysregulation. So I think just one night of, um, you know, sleep deprivation can cause blood sugar imbalances and kind of put you into a higher blood sugar state. But when you're looking at a prolonged period of time where you're not getting enough sleep, Beck and I always say this is the, like, it's worse than a hangover. Like sleep deprivation is worse Mm -hmm. than a hangover. And I'm coming off of a night of not great sleep. So I attest to this because my hunger cues are much different than when I have adequate sleep. Um, We also look at depletion in sex drive, right? Getting your hanky panky on is the last thing that you're thinking about if you are sleep deprived. Um, But there's actual science behind this too, in terms of having a good sex drive, good hormonal balance, genitalia uh, response and things like that. Um, Because again, if you think about all the things that you do throughout the day, unless you're just an anomaly here, I don't know anybody who's, you know, at least from a female perspective, and maybe males are a little bit different here, but who are really just wanting to get it on when they're extremely exhausted. Um, It can also play a role in your digestion and your gut health. So we know that gut health and the assimilation of nutrients and absorption of nutrients is a rest and digest process, right? And so not sleeping can make symptoms of things like inflammatory bowel disease or SIBO, acid reflux, other types of infections worse, and then put you at risk, um, you know, of developing further issues. It can also, you know, make a big difference in your ability to remember things, your cognition, your mood, right? If you're irritable, I know for me, I'm very irritable when I have too little food, (laughs) I'm hangry, or I have lack of sleep. Um, But again, there's research to show, you know, all of these things. And then we also look at things like headaches and migraines, poor vision or having that, you know, like tunnel vision or double vision or dimness. Um, And so all of these are really, I would say, important reasons 
other than just quality of life uh, and how you interact with others in terms of relationships and patience and kindness and whatnot, um, you know, and your long-term health reasons why this should really be a priority. So we get it, Netflix and chill, right? That definitely should happen sometimes and you want to be with your spouse. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, we hope that you take away some things from this podcast to improve the deep sleep that you're getting um, and also maybe focus on making this a priority if it's not. Yeah. So unlike REM sleep or what's known as rapid eye movement sleep, Deep sleep, like I mentioned, is more of slow eye movement, and it's allowing your neocortical neurons to rest. So why is that important? Well, this deep sleep is necessary for detoxification of the brain. So science shows that sleep is critical for brain cells to detoxify metabolic waste, get rid of dysfunctional neuronal cells, rebuild new cellular connection reset the balance of neurotransmitters, which is going to impact your mood, your energy, that depression, anxiety states that we can end up in, improve neurotransmitter receptor sensitivity, because you can have the neurotransmitters, you can even have the hormones there, but if cells are not sensitive to those messages, you aren't going to feel them. And these five processes are basically necessary for both short-term and long-term memory. And for essentially like your cognitive ability. So poor sleep is associated with brain fog, mood problems, and it will accelerate cognitive decline. So we need to understand that brain cells basically perform, we've talked about autophagy before on the podcast. Autophagy is basically self-eating or self-cleaning of your cells. And the body is meant to be able to do that. Some bodies genetically are better at than others. But when you do not sleep, your body cannot do this properly. And you are not then mopping up diseased, damaged bits of protein and metabolic waste. And then also you have something known as the glymphatic system, which we'll talk about in a second more. But this basically flushes out dirty fluid and molecules from inside the brain tissue through a different network of pathways. And clean cerebrospinal fluid replaces it. Lymphatic vessels surrounding the brain deliver waste to the lymphatic system, which rids the body. And so essentially, bottom line, if you are not sleeping, you are not detoxing. And especially when it comes to your brain. Yes, your body may be detoxing, you know, in other ways in moderate amounts, but sleep is one of the only times your body can recover. Because let's be honest, from the moment that you wake up, Until the moment that you go to bed, most of you listening, I will probably put myself in this category most days, are nonstop. You wake up, you're either working out or you're starting work or you're going to get the kids up or your kids are waking you up, which is even more chaotic in your life. And then you go into work and you're drinking coffee and you're doing all the work. And then you go to your kids' activities or you have to get home and make dinner or, you know, go, 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 right? How many of us actually stop and slow down during the day? and read or you know meditate or deep breathe or whatever it might be not many of us and so that sleep becomes even more necessary for you to be able to recover and detox the body yeah and i think it's really interesting when you look at the research of how this actually happens um you know in terms of your brain cells the size of them increase 
when you're sleeping. And that was actually from a study in 2013 um, funded by the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. And what they found is that the space allows your brain to release the toxins that have built up from the times that you're awake, right? And so this changes your brain's cellular structure. I just, every time I read things or research things or we learn things, which we've known, Beck and I've known this for quite a while, but when I first read that several years ago, I thought, this is amazing that God designed our body to be its own cleaning system, right? Um, because then we look at the lymphatic system, which is again, that plumbing system. And this is going to come in to support, nourish, protect, and isolate these neurons, all of which play an essential role in the immune system. So again, we go back to, if I'm not sleeping, I'm not repairing my body. I'm at risk of GI issues, right? I'm at risk of colds and all of these things. And so it's really important when we think about all the different systems and how God designed us is to support taking out the trash essentially, right? Because when we think about the lymphatic system, it's going to remove soluble proteins and metabolites from the central nervous system with help of other, you know, various uh, tunnels and perivascular uh, systems. But we think about the brain wide allocation of glucose, amino acids, lipids, neuromodulator, and various growth factors, because this lymphatic system mainly functions during sleep, as we've you know kind of been talking about here, and it's not turned on during wakefulness hours. Um, one of the things that I always talk about with clients in terms of like brain fog or a lot of gut inflammation and brain fog, gut on fire is brain on fire. And this system is really important for one, not only cleaning things up within the brain and, you know, clearing things out, right? All of these toxins, but it's also responsible for bringing nutrients in amino acids. Your brain is, you know, mostly fat. And so we need adequate amounts of amino acids to be assimilated from our diet. Or this is also why with people who struggle with brain fog, we think about, are you getting enough omega-3, omega-6? Maybe we're putting in, you know, some additional support here to help um, your hypothalamus pituitary uh, axis or just overall inflammation. And so it's really important to understand that sleep is far beyond just how you feel like day-to-day in your inability, but it's also how your body is able to clean itself up. Um, mm-hmm. and so that's just one really cool thing. I think about the lymphatic system in terms of just think about that one as the one that basically takes out the garbage, takes out the trash. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about melatonin because obviously, you know, most people I would say know about melatonin. We know that it's a, a supportive sleep aid, but it has a lot of functions within the body. Melatonin and cortisol work together to basically regulate your sleep wake cycle. So when you wake up, cortisol is elevated. Actually, it starts to elevate about an hour before you typically wake up. If your cortisol is all out of whack, you might be waking up at 1.30, 2.30, 3.30 in the morning and then not being able to fall back asleep. That's usually a cortisol issue. But cortisol should be elevated in the morning. Melatonin should be at its lowest around that morning time, one hour after you've woken up, whereas cortisol should be at its highest. They are basically opposite of each other. And then as the day goes on, cortisol should decrease and then, you know, melatonin should increase so that you're able to fall asleep. A lot of people mess this cycle up because of chronic stress, because of poor health, because of poor diet. Um, But melatonin also has a lot of other functions. Melatonin is the, I believe, the most powerful antioxidant within the body. Um, I might be wrong on if it's whether the most or if it's one of the most, but I believe it is the most powerful antioxidant in the body. Protects from neural tissue, from oxidative stress, 
activates brain detoxification. It helps regulate gut microbiome. Melatonin is extremely important for the gut. And it improves immunity and inflammatory processes. So it is essentially necessary for that lymphatic system to clean. It's necessary for that healthy sleep-wake cycle. And it cleans up environmental toxins and it cleans up pathogens. We see on the Dutch test, for example, melatonin levels. When we see melatonin levels really high, it can be an indication that someone has some type of gut infection or parasite because the body is producing so much of it to try to fight. And that parasite or, you know, bacterial infection has basically infiltrated the brain through, you know, the blood brain barrier. And it's gotten into the brain and is causing neural inflammation. This isn't like, you know, hospitalized extreme, but. It can cause brain fog. It can cause tiredness. And melatonin ends up producing in really high amounts to help battle that, essentially. And we see also melatonin helps to reduce inflammation. And it has found that a melatonin deficiency plays a large role in higher oxidative stress and neurodegeneration. So it is extremely important for keeping a healthy sleep-wake cycle and Getting sunlight in your eyes is one of the most important ways to improve melatonin production because melatonin basically will get produced from lack of light, but you need that stimulation of light to help start that process. If you are never getting that stimulation from sunlight, true sunlight ideally, you are going to have a much harder time resetting that circadian rhythm. Yeah. And you are correct. Um, melatonin is the most powerful antioxidant. A lot of people think it's glutathione, mm. which is one of the most powerful, but melatonin is the, the most powerful. I'm really smart guys. <laughs> so when we think about, you know, sleep and deep sleep, I think it's important for people to understand there's a difference between the amount of time that you're sleeping and the different stages that you're going through. So, you know, you guys can think about you get into bed, you have this kind of stage one, which is like the first five to 15 minutes where you're just kind of lightly sleeping, right? You're kind of falling asleep. Unless you're like me, my latency score on my aura ring is very bad. It says that I'm asleep within two minutes. So maybe, you know, uh, you're like me, but this is where we're in a non-rapid eye movement uh, sleep stage. Then we start to get into more of stage two, which is light sleep body temperature starts dropping, heart rate slows. Again, we still have non-rapid eye movement. And then we're looking at stage three. Um, and these are five to 15 minutes each, depending upon you know, how uh, you are able to stay in that state. So we have kind of a slow wave delta sleep um, and your heartbeat and your breathing become very slow. Your muscles are very relaxed. Your brain waves have become the slowest that they're going to be during your sleep time. And if you're waking up from deep sleep, this is like that super groggy, very difficult. Oh my God, I need to go back to bed. Um, you know, time frame. I think a lot of people might experience because your first deep sleep cycle, it can last up to 45 or 90 minutes. Um, but each cycle that it goes through, because again, you have different cycles of this, uh, becomes shorter as the night progresses. And then you have your REM sleep. So REM sleep is also known as stage five because your deep sleep is stage three and four. So REM sleep is known as stage five. And this is after you've gone through the non-REM sleep stages. And this is where your brain activity starts to increase. So your body's a little more awake. Maybe you're experiencing dreams. Um, your eyes might be you know, rapidly moving from side to side while your heart rate and your breathing become faster. 
Your limbs, on the other hand, become harder and even paralyzed, unless you're having a bad dream. Because I definitely hit Marcus in the face this morning having a bad dream. Sorry, Betty. <laughs> it was a very strange dream, but he slept in our bed oh, being sick. Goodness. So, you know, it's it's something that, you know, we can kind of pay attention to, especially if you have a device like an aura ring. So Beck and I both love our aura rings. Um, and this will show us sleep score. It shows us your heart rate, your heart rate variance, deep sleep and different um, things in terms of like your quality, your restfulness, your duration um, and things like that. The only thing I will say is that we have to remember technology is not perfect. And I have had my aura ring, you know, tell me that I've took a nap, even though I was just laying on the couch, like watching a movie or something like that. Um, so, you know, it's not going to know you perfectly, but it can help you kind of measure and track your sleep if you're looking for, you know, something to help you do so. And it's nice because you don't have to wear it on your wrist. You wear it on just your finger or whatnot. Um, but, you know, when we think about the sleep duration, a lot of people think, oh, I get seven to eight hours asleep per night. Well, you might be in bed seven to eight hours, but how much are you actually sleeping? And then of that sleep, how restful is that sleep? How deep, you know, are you getting into your sleep? So um, that's one thing that's, that's pretty cool to see in addition to, you know, the heart rate variance. Yeah. So if you are someone that's struggling with sleep, a couple things, and we'll dive into, you know, our tips for like a really good night's sleep. One, if you're struggling to fall asleep, that's usually a little bit more melatonin based. Um, that's it's a lot of times too, like anxiety, not being able to calm the mind down. Um, a couple of things we typically recommend in those situations. We really love liposomal relax, um, potentially even added with court ease, uh, like an hour before bed. Um, maybe having a small snack before bedtime. If you think that you are someone that undereats or that has some blood sugar regulation issues, if you are more someone that wakes up a lot throughout the night or wakes up consistently at like 1 30 a.m., you can also look up Chinese, I think it's Chinese internal organ clock, and you can see different organs that are, you know, responsible for different times in terms of when they're detoxing, when they're most active, that can play a role. Also, blood sugar and cortisol dysregulation typically is the main reason. It is not because you have to pee. Um, you pee because you wake up. That is not what's making you wake up in 99% of situations or it's a combination. And so really getting eyes on you know what your blood sugar levels are, working the cortisol or the court ease is really great for helping to kind of reset cortisol. We do some products or some product uh, protocols with our clients that help kind of flush cortisol essentially to help with that. Um, but in general, things that you can do right now, one, make sure your room is cool and dark, blackout curtains, turn down the temperature in your house an hour before bedtime, two hours before bedtime, avoid caffeine eight hours prior to bed. Um, caffeine does have about an eight hour half-life. So not having coffee, you know, afternoon is a good idea. Um, trying not to eat within three hours of sleep is ideal. Like I just mentioned, yes, sometimes having a small bedtime snack can be helpful um, if you are struggling to stay asleep. But in most situations, as long as you're eating enough, try not to eat within three hours. Getting sunlight in your eyes during the day or Liz and I both have happy lights on our desks if we're up early in the morning at the desk. Um, exercise regularly, move your body, but not too late in the afternoon trying to avoid bright lights, you know, using blue blockers at night if you need to. Uh, I think that the biggest thing is you have to have a consistent bedtime and wake time. And I think it needs to stay consistent or as close to consistent as possible on the weekends. Like that is probably the biggest thing that I've found helped me. I am in bed between 9 and 10 p.m. every night, usually like give or take 20 minutes around 930. And I am up every day 
between 515 and 545. And that does not change pretty much no matter what. And I think a lot of people have too inconsistent of bedtimes and wake times. Um, and, and I think the last piece that I would put on is what is your, what's your mind frame? Like, are you a happy person? Are you someone that practices gratitude? Are you someone that looks for positives in your day? Um, I think that plays a pretty large role. And, you know, I, I saw someone posted the other day around, uh, they were answering a question of like, how do you, how do you think managing depression is, you know, the best way? And I think it's focusing on something, something or someone other than yourself. I think that when we are constantly worried about ourselves and our appearance or our whatever it might be, it's very easy to get into a negative state of mind versus finding ways to help others during your day, finding ways to find happiness and joy and gratitude in your day. I think that that can go a much longer way than people want to give it credit for um, because it's not sexy, right? It's not, you know, the shiny object. It's not the supplement. It's not it's whatever. It, it's it's woo woo, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it, heal. It's, it's interesting to, you know, look at the difference between people who practice gratitude. And I would say also, Beck and I have, you know, done this for a while now, but even in my life, practicing gratitude, and it doesn't have to be this big fancy thing. Sometimes I'll catch myself kind of feeling like, man, I'm just not looking forward to the day today. Like I don't feel like doing something. I don't feel like, and so I immediately start to think about, okay, I I get to do this, right? I can be grateful. Um, I am happy and thankful that I can do X, Y, or Z, right? I can move my body in ways other people cannot. As an example, if I don't feel like I want to exercise, right? And so what I would honestly challenge you guys to do is, you know, sit down and just write out like 10 things you're grateful for. and you know, every day at some point, think of three things, write down three things, right? Maybe you need to post post-it notes somewhere. Um, silence the negative too. There's a lot of negativity between the news, social media, just all the things that are feeling really heavy in the world right now. But there's also a lot of good for a lot of people. And like Becca is saying, is like, if you stay in this negative mindset, if you see negative all the time, that's all you're going to attract. If you are somebody who can see the positive or you can spin things into more of a positive manner, like I'm grateful that I have the ability to drink clean filtered water instead of drinking water is hard for me to do. You know, I can't hydrate my body. Uh, it's too hard, but then you can spin these things. What you're going to find is your mood is better. Your results are better. You're more resilient to stress. You're less bothered by the BS of the world, to be honest, um, maybe a little more compassionate, but especially if you're thinking about starting your day and ending your day with gratitude, you're going to find that everything will just kind of fall into place a little bit easier. If you're negative from the get-go, right? I don't want to be doing this. I don't feel like doing this. And you also end your day in that negative manner of like, today sucked. How do you really think that your body is going to respond? Because your body, your body hears all of those internal thoughts. Um, it's not going to respond with a very energetic body, right? A very restful, healthy body. So I think that's really important that you brought that up, Becca, because so many people don't value just the gratitude practice. It doesn't have to be a long drawn out thing. It could be just that you're driving to work and you simply think of three things that you're grateful for, or you say it out loud, you know, but it's definitely not, not woo woo. So 
Um, you know, the thing that I would also say that I think has really been beneficial to me is any time that like I feel a little thrown off of my routine for whatever, like we just got back from our trip, our flight got delayed, we got home late. I still try to get up within the same time frame. So again, it could be that hour, but then I'm back into my regular routine the very next night. So don't let these like, you know, carry over into other mornings or other days if you have a little bit later, because that's just going to make it harder for you, for example, to get up at the normal time Monday morning. Um, if you then slept in during the weekend. So, you know, there's pros and cons, obviously you can't really like catch up on sleep, but that's just one thing that I have found to be really, really helpful for me is if I do have a delay with my sleep, I really try to just get up, make it through the day, maybe even take a nap that day, which I did on, you know, the weekend this past Saturday, but then I'm still in bed at the same time. So you bounce right back. Yep. So if you are someone that is struggling with sleep, Make sure you're doing these things, evaluate where you might have the holes, but being in bed is one step. Getting the quality of sleep that you need is the main step. Yeah, well, yeah.